The crux of my job is to prevent, you know, bird life from taking human life. I'm Casey Miner, and this is The Specialist. When U.S. Airways Flight 1549 went down over the Hudson River in 2009, it wasn't because the pilot made a mistake or ran out of gas. It was because the plane ran smack into a flock of Canadian geese. You know the story. Captain Sully Sullenberger landed the plane on water. All 155 passengers were safe, and he was a hero. This is producer Leela Day, who's been listening to air traffic control radio chatter for months now. What happened over the Hudson is really rare, but planes hitting birds is not. And even when it's not that worst case scenario, wildlife strikes still cost the airline industry close to a billion dollars a year. That's grounded planes, repairs, putting disgruntled passengers into hotels. Airports know this, so a lot of them hire someone specifically to keep animals away from the planes. At San Francisco International Airport, that person is Natalie Reeder, also known as... I think I get snake lady a lot because reptiles and amphibians are really my specialty. She's the airport biologist, and she's got a partner, airfield safety officer Barry Davis. They call me the bird man, they call me wildlife one. Every day, Snake Lady and Wildlife One head out to combat the many tiny threats to the many giant machines carrying the many, many people at SFO. The two work as a team. Natalie, the biologist, trying to think of ways to keep animals off the runways, and Barry is boots on the ground. (laughs) We jump into the van that looks like a giant yellow brick. Barry's behind the wheel and Natalie's in the passenger seat. They've got a radio and a couple special tools that we'll get into later. You know what? Bring your... Do you have some earplugs? Yeah. Grab some earplugs. We're going to spend the next couple hours driving around the airport's acres and acres of tarmac. Right away, we start seeing birds. I'm feeling a bit like I'm on a safari, trying to spot animals. We've got a horned grebe. Sitting with some lesser scop. Here's one of the mammal traps right here. It's a large wire cage on the ground filled with cat food. It's called a tomahawk trap. It's just it's a live trap. They usually catch raccoons, occasionally skunks, but usually raccoons. And then they'll they'll just take them and release them um, away from the airport. Skunks, raccoons, snakes, rabbits, gophers, rats. Those are just some of the animals that hang out at this airport. And by the way, other airports have to deal with bigger creatures. Deer, boa constrictors, even a sleeping moose on the runway caused a crash one time in Alaska. Oh my god. Yep. Oh my god. No moose at SFO, but that doesn't mean there's no excitement. As we drive, Barry and Natalie point out a dog kennel they keep nearby. Sometimes passengers' dogs escape from their crates and run onto the tarmac. This happens a couple times a year. Woof. Barry stops the van near a large wooden trap holding a black bird that's frantically fluttering around. Can't see the bird. So that's a starling. There's a European starling in there. 
starlings especially can form these huge huge flocks you know and um, they can be a big problem so that starling that's in that trap what happens to it um the integrated pest management will come and uh euthanize it those bird species sort of fall into the same category as you know rats and other pest animals when natalie tells me about the starlings being euthanized her mood sort of shifts she's a biologist right And she loves animals, keeping them safe as part of her life mission. So she does feel conflicted about this. She wants safe flights, safe birds, and safe passengers. I kind of look at my job as, um, you know, we might never eliminate the use of lethal take. Lethal take means killing a bird. But I look at my job as trying to find ways to minimize the necessity of it. Why does a bird or any animal even want to hang out here? I mean, it's so noisy, there are fumes. I can't imagine that it feels like a safe and cozy place to be. Well, a big part of it is the food. Hundreds of little rodents call these small grassy patches between the runways home. Oh, of course. Yep, snacks trump everything. The birds are willing to tolerate a lot to get what they want. Is the hawk up there? Barry just just got a bunch of uh, perch deterrent installed up there. And again, the behavior perch deterrent. Barry points to an airport antenna that's been retrofitted with small metal spikes to keep birds from perching, but it's not working. But you just look where he's standing. He's standing on that that one little vertical piece. So wait, he's just hanging out between the spikes? Pretty much. He's kind of balanced himself on the one tiny part that's not going to stab his feet. (laughs) Amazing. That's pretty hazardous behavior because he's sort of flying around this area and both of our landing runways are, are on either side of him. Barry stares at the eyes of a hawk like a hawk. He's been an aircraft mechanic for 30 years, a flight instructor for 15, and has a bachelor's in aeronautics. He knows exactly what happens when a bird hits a plane. Some of the birds know him and fly away at the sight of his van, but not this hawk. In this kind of situation, Barry starts trying other tactics. He'll sound a siren first, and if that doesn't work, he's got the whalers. The whalers are loudspeakers lined up and down the grassy areas in between the tarmacs. They go off automatically a couple times a day. The sounds are sirens, birds of prey, coyote sounds, and guns. They're supposed to make the birds fly away immediately. Sometimes the whalers will fool me and I'll look around looking for whatever bird's making that sound and I realize just the speakers. The whalers may sometimes fool Natalie, but unfortunately the birds don't seem to pay them any mind. So they've got another weapon, the decoys. You can see our coyote down there. Oh, yeah. Oh, I do see it. They're plastic coyotes that are set up in the patches of the grass on the runways. Barry even made some leg attachments that twirl around like a windmill to make it look like they're moving. They've even fooled a couple of pilots. But again, the birds aren't scared at all. You can see droppings on the coyote's rump. And right above our heads is the same red-tailed hawk the one that was perched on the spikes like he was daring them to do something, still circling around. Barry gets serious. I would go ahead and pull this out. It's called a bird bomb. 
a little orange pistol that he aims in the air. And what we'll do is we'll have a little blank here. He loads a blank shot into his gun. It's not a bullet, just loud. And we scare him away. Barry uses the bird bomb every day. If nobody will leave, if they won't leave, then I'll have to go in and get a, a shotgun to scare him away with that. Yeah, you must have a very good aim. Uh, we go to the range. Yeah, we go to the range. Yep, the shooting range. Barry, along with law enforcement and some customs agents, are the only people who are allowed to have guns around planes. Basically, his job is to scare the shit out of this hawk. You're going to give him so many tries, you know, times to stay away, and if he really starts hovering around the approach path, then we'll use the bird bombs to try to scare him off, and he'll usually leave. But if, if we really start to get an influx of hawks, like we've had like four or five that have been hanging around, you know, then we might have to take one, but it's, it's last resort. It's not like we go out here and go hunting every day. For today, we let the hawk be. Planes hit birds at SFO about 10 times a month. Natalie and Barry know when a bird goes down because the mechanics often find them. A mechanic may see a bit of blood on a wing or a part of the aircraft. And these marks are taken very seriously. We provide as many mechanics as we can with a, what we call a snarge kit. So snarge is tarmac bird kill. Snarge um, refers to basically the remains of an animal that's been hit by an aircraft. So that can be anything from a bunch of feathers to an actual you know, pieces of bird to just a blood smear. If they can't ID the bird easily, the mechanics use the snarge kits to swab the blood sample. Then they send it to the Smithsonian, where the DNA is analyzed. Yep, the Smithsonian. That's because the FAA keeps detailed records of the types of animals that are killed. This is to help protect the animals, but more importantly... The liability. Barry tells me about one time when Air France tried to blame SFO for a bird strike. Like the A380, the ones with Air France, they said that they had had that bird strike here in San Francisco. So after we send the, the DNA, the snarge, back to Smithsonian, they said that that bird was native to France only. So it wasn't our bird. They had to strike when they left France. So it wasn't our bird. You might not think so, but most of the birds they find are intact. And that's why they have the next thing they show me their dead bird freezer. So this is our freezer. Um, so all the carcasses that the airfield safety officers pick up around the airfield come back here. And the birds are all in plastic bags. A stiff goose is on top. It's heavy, the weight of a massive uncooked turkey. So this is a goose, a Canada goose. For a brief moment, I imagine this goose being sucked into a plane engine as we're taking off. That's when most of the strikes occur, during takeoff and landing when the birds are flying low. A bird this size getting stuck in a spinning engine fan could mean instant engine failure. When I see this bird, I'm thinking about my life. But Natalie's also thinking about the bird's life. It hurts every time because when I see an animal, I don't just see the carcass. I think about, you know, oh, this this bird might have had um, a nest or this bird might have had a mate or, you know, um, this bird was just, you know, flying around enjoying the sunshine and then got hit by a plane. 
it always, you know, bothers me to the extent that, you know, I wish that we could prevent more of it from happening, either them getting killed by planes or them getting um, shot because they're posing a hazard to planes because those two things are the same thing. So, Leela, you got to see one other trick that airports sometimes use to keep animals away. Can you tell me about what you saw? They have all sorts of tricks, but one that I heard of was that um, they use falcons, actually, to attack the birds of prey that are lurking around the grass. And so at one point, SFO had this um, team of people to come and bring these falcons to present, like, how this would work. They let the falcons go. Falcons flew away, never came back. They never saw those falcons again. <laughs> like never? Like when was this? This was like a year ago. <laughs> Gone. <laughs> Flying with the planes. That's producer Leela Day. The Specialist is a show about work you don't think about and the people who do it. It's edited by Julie Kane and sound designed and mixed by Seth Samuel, who also wrote all the music that you heard. Eliza Smith handles marketing and social media, and special thanks to Ariel Dakovic and Alex Goldmark. This project is made possible with support from California Humanities, a nonprofit partner of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Find them at calhum.org. Our radio home is KALW 91.7 FM in San Francisco. You can find the show on Twitter at The Specialist FM, follow me at Reed Miner, R-E-E-D-M-I-N-E-R, and email me at specialistpodcast at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on iTunes and write us a review. There are tons of podcasts out there, and when you do that, it really helps new listeners find us, and new specialists too. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon.